The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another Dangerous World podcast episode. America joins us this evening, and it was incredibly uh, just an I, I am incredibly honored to have these guys on, man. Uh, what do you think about America, man? Have you listened to them much, Brandon? Because these guys are heavyweights. Yeah, especially with uh, all, all the, the guest projects that they that they have going on. They they try to throw out their lines there and, and wrangle in some of the best minds to talk about the stuff that they're interested in. And and it is, you know, what the stuff that they're talking about is very close to us. So much so uh, that uh, Grimerica was one of our first biggest guests uh, during our podcasting uh, career as well. So, yeah, super good to, to hook up with them again. And they have plenty of factoids uh, to keep this inter- uh, this discussion about ley lines and, uh, and geomancing and geographical supernatural powers uh, and, and, and how that power is, is being used today maybe um, makes that discussion really, really interesting. I had a fun time, man. Yeah, dude, it's funny that you bring that up because I remember I reached out to a few big podcasts early on and Graham uh, got back to me pretty quickly and he was down to do a show, even though we didn't really have a name for ourselves. And uh, these guys are good guys, man. Just really fun. uh, Good old fashioned Canadian badass dudes, man. So um, reach out to them at uh, grimerica.ca. You can donate. You can uh, buy some of their merch, uh, support shows like this. They also have Grimerica Outlawed, where they kind of get into some of their more band topics. And um, again, can't stress how knowledgeable, how nice, and how fun these guys are just to listen to. If you haven't heard of Grimerica, I mean, shame on you, because uh, these guys are fucking dope. And I know that you all have already. But um, with that being said... Um, you know, we have a little housekeeping uh, on our end that we want to just kind of follow through with, make sure that, uh, you know, you, you guys know where to find us. And uh, if you do feel like you want to support us, you know, we always appreciate it. Dangerousworldstore.com. That's our website. You can buy shirts. We're going to do some serious sales here for Father's Day and for the 4th of July. 
and um, patreon.com slash dangerous world. We got Ryan's rants coming out on the $5 tier, that heaps of danger tier. And Brandon, are you going to do a version of Ryan's rants? Yeah, I got Brandon's Bible. Maybe, maybe come into fruition. My, my, you are the furnace of ambition at the end of this project, remember? So I might be a little bit slow to get around, but I'll give even people who disagree with me fervently plenty to listen to in that $5 tier. So yeah, guys, look forward to that. Well, that's the thing, dude. Like, even if uh, people don't agree with you, you're going to present your idea on things uh, with some serious sources. I mean, like, I know how you do your your research. It's not sloppy. I mean, you you spend a lot of time. You make sure that what you're saying isn't just talking out of your ass. Now, just because people don't agree with it, it doesn't mean that it can't give them an alternate perspective on what they uh, view the world as, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, we're kind of jumping the gun on this whole pro- product, but I'll just let you, let you guys know it's not going to be a lefties are the best globalists uh, should run everything, and you guys are all wrong. It's going to be some more yes. basic stuff about how you go about questioning, uh, how you go about asking the questions that this community is asking, because as we all know, uh, the way that you ask the question a lot of the time determines the answer. So just uh, a whole bunch of the uh, epistemological like thought experiments that we have to put ourselves through if we're going to make sure that we're tracking reality as good as we say that we are. So it's not uh, not something that, that, that conspiracy theorists will shy away from, I, I promise. Wonderful. Wonderful. And um, I mean, it's not uh, it's not as uh, it's crazy as you guys think. We are going to keep doing the same shit that we're doing. And I hope that you will continue to support us. And we have always appreciate it. Um, again, support Grimerica. Um, but with that being said, Manscaped, dude, you know that you got Manscaped here. And what we have is a special Father's Day situation going on. Uh, support for today's episode comes from Manscaped. Father's Day is just around the corner. And you probably need a gift for your hairy dad. Okay. My dad's hairy. His back is hairy as fuck. I remember I was uh, pretty startled when I first saw my dad and when I can actually remember him without wearing a shirt. Uh, I, I don't know what I was thinking. It was very scary. And he looked sort of like a Bigfoot type creature, uh, but he was so nice. He was very nurturing. And I didn't really know uh, where to go. Uh, I didn't know if I should run or jump into his arms. Uh, but you should make your dad proud this year and get him a, um, you know, manscaped lawnmower 4.0 for him and yourself. It doesn't it doesn't need to be just him. I know that you're going to end up getting hairy just like your dad. And uh, I mean, you know what they say, like father, like son. So hook him up with uh, the Father's Day exclusive offer that we are uh, giving you all with the promo code DANGER. With that code, 20% off with DANGER, okay? You get free shipping, and, uh, I mean, you're good to go. Manscaped.com, promo code DANGER. And, uh, dude, underwear's the shit. Weed Whacker's the shit. Lawnmower 4.0 is the shit. I'm a big fan of that ball deodorant. What do you think about everything there? Well, I think that, that this holiday 
beckons you guys buying something more like the performance package 4.0 or the perfect package 4.0 that that manscaped has available on their website this is not just not just the ball uh the ball shavers right you also got like things like the weed whackers it's another product that they have that's the electric nose hair trimmers we got the the plow 2.0 which is a face razor right you got to take care of all services they've even got the shears 2.0 which is a, a luxury nail kit that i've seen that has a, a whole bunch of those tools that i know you guys don't always like to admit that you use but sometimes you got to keep those manis you know nice and clean they've got even things like the the magic mats which are these disposable shaving mats that you put under so that your your pubes can fall down on top of because you know not everyone wants to shave in the shower and not everyone needs to shave all that frequently maybe uh, 4th of July or uh, Father's Day, he's going to get a, a special gift from your mom. Something just for you guys to think about. Uh, no matter what they're going to get up to in that bedroom on, on these holidays, go to manscaped.com for these great products. Uh, I know, you, Ryan, you're always talking about the uh, the uh, the anti-chafing ball deodorant, right? They also have body wash yeah. here. They got everything. <laughs> yeah, dude, when your dad's laying pipe, don't a- act like you think that he has it all figured out. You know, he had to do some effort. He had to put some effort in when he's laying it down on your mom. And make sure that you use the promo code DANGER at manscaped.com just to make sure that all that shit's good. Uh, you don't want your mom to get hurt either. You don't want her to get any chafing, nothing like that. This ad is running off the rails. Uh, my bad. I'm sorry. But just, you know, make sure that you support Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code DANGER at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the promo code DANGER. And don't forget that you came from your dad's balls, people. I've mentioned this even before Manscaped was involved with this fucking podcast. So this year, show your original home some love with Manscaped and buy your dad the Lawnmower 4.0. Make sure you take care of your dad's nuts just like they took care of you. With that being said, enjoy this episode with Grimerica. It's fascinating. We get into it a little late as far as the ley lines go and the energy grid, but I couldn't think of a better uh, group of dudes to talk to about some of this kind of uh, more esoteric knowledge and things like this. These guys are incredible. Show them some love over there at grimerica.ca and uh, enjoy the show, guys. What's up, guys? Like my captain's hey guys. chair. Hi. Up there, you know, it's very captain's chair. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good man. good man how are you guys we're doing okay yeah pretty good heck yeah man so what's going on with you all over there oh things are opening back up we're we're you know we're we're plowing forward it's been nuts dude i've been hearing like a lot of negative things about not just like how how the politics are being ran out there in canada but just everywhere dude it's yeah. scary yeah it's very scary i don't know we'll see what happens in the next couple months really i feel like Let's just yeah, wait and see. So how do you guys feel about this? Uh, and I might, I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong, but this Maxime Bernier, is that how you say it? Yep. Yeah. Is he, is he a solid dude or do you think that it's theater? What he's done? Uh, he's, he's like, he, I would say he's like our Trump in a way. Yeah. Right? He was, he was introduced he to us. didn't get any votes. <laughs> This is the guy that was introduced to us a few episodes ago by a by a one of your your fellow Canadians, and I asked him like, who is the the Canadian you know version of Maxine Waters? So so his his description of of this person is accurate then. Of of Maxine Bernier, you mean? 
Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, Maxine Waters is much different. Like polar oh, sorry, opposite. Uh, sorry, not not Maxine Waters. Who the who, who the hell am I thinking of? That that uh, Trump. Q, no, no, the QAnon honor uh the QAnon honor congressman. Sorry. I oh, should, I should Marjorie Greene. Yeah, 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 Marjorie. Yeah. There, there you go. Okay, sorry, I fucked that up. Yeah, anyways, I, is that is that the yeah? You know, the I haven't there? I haven't heard a lot recently about about Maxine, but but he was the guy that you would vote for for any kind of hope at freedom, and and it just didn't go anywhere. Like the whole party, that his whole he sounded great. Like it's like it's for for somebody that's interested in in freedom and less government and all that. Like he was saying all the right things. But he was fucking demonized even worse than Trump in your states. He was demonized by our media worse. Like, it's just it's just disgusting. Like, yeah, I don't know. You lose. I heard he was kind of like he got the Bernie treatment, like the Bernie Sanders treatment. Like, yeah. he just kind of got like ghosted and pushed out yeah. from the yeah, political yeah. system. That's a, that's a good way to look at it. Yep. I think it's interesting, so man. Yeah, it's it weird because he was the only guy that had any semblance of like of this for the people, you know? Hell yeah. No, I mean, um, so I, I mean, I wanted to get into like whatever you guys wanted to get into. And then I wanted to talk about like the ley lines and the, the uh, you know, earth energy grid and things like that. Sure. Um, but what else is going on? Like what's on your guys's minds over there in Canada? Uh, well, uh, what do you think there? I mean, Darren's in hunting season right now. He's he's he wants to fill his uh, his. We think there might be some war with China. So Darren's, yeah. Darren's cutting, bringing in extra wood for the winter. And and like, he's like in, in like, you know. That's a good call. Gathering, summer gathering phase already. So it's. Well, it's spring. I mean, know, it's almost summer. Because he can hunt all the time. So he's, he's, he's out there k- killing meat and stuff. And, and. Uh, he's the. Uh, yeah. And yeah. we're just, we're just increasing the show and we're doing, we're doing what we can here. You know, really. He's the ant. Oh, yeah. our, our grasshopper. What are you, what are you shooting up there, Darren? Whatever. Anything, Just anything. Moose, anything that comes into your front yard? <laughs> I shot a moose the other day. Oh, nice. Did you get that? Dope. That, that did you get that uh, sense of guilt, or was that just some tasty ass meat? Oh, he doesn't I feel any feel, guilt. I don't I, see why I'd feel. Guilty. I was there for it, and then I, I felt pretty bad. I have a closer relationship to my food than anybody I know, so I don't <laughs> see why I would feel guilty about that. I don't ask other people to do my dirty work for me. I kill my own food. I clean my own food. I butcher my own food. I prepare my own food. I cook my own food, and then I eat my own food. Gandhi here. I like That's it. That's, I, I agree with it, man. I don't see I, any reason why I'd feel guilty about that. I'd feel more guilty if I was like reliant on some horrific fucking factory farming nightmare where these animals are just kept in the most fucking obscene conditions and i was supporting that i would feel more guilty about that than me shooting a moose that had no idea anything else was happening until it was you know the last like 30 seconds of its life were a little bit fucking off the chains for it (laughs) but i mean honestly it didn't know what the fuck was happening it was just dead all of a sudden Dude, there was this really interesting uh, Netflix cooking series where they were talking about uh, they would focus on different chefs. And there was one chef that really liked he was a southern chef, you know, southern United, uh, southern uh, eastern area of the United States, like Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, all that area. And there was this lady that was like the master of all of these different things that she would do. If you got an egg from her farm, it was the best egg you were going to have chicken a pig whatever and she was talking about how she finds it really disrespectful when people don't want to know the name of the pig that they're eating you know what i mean and she's she's like you know like why wouldn't you want to know that because like you're saying darren there's like all these 
factory farms that, you know, they're being pumped full of antibiotics and just this horrible living conditions that all these things are having to go through. And it kind of seems like there may be some sort of relationship that we have with our food when the animal that we're eating is going through this negative shit and then we put it into our body that's got to transfer in some way i agree yeah totally the whole fear living in fear and what how it changes changes the biology for sure it's got to dude so it's just not natural it's not natural by natural law it's like you know i'm in my opinion which i'm sure a whole bunch of people disagree with but i don't give a fuck what they think they're entitled to their own opinions um, sure. But I, I'm it's more aligned with what every other animal on earth is doing. I'm stalking my prey. I'm hunting my prey and it's, I'm doing it in that sort of a method as opposed to like corralling it into some sort of prison system and then just sort of killing them at will. I mean, we're horrified when the Chinese are doing that to the Uyghurs. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you know, we're well, doing the same sort of thing. Not that not many I mean, I'm not one of those people that are not like, enough people are horrified. Yeah, that are <laughs> anti farming or anything like that. I mean, I think meat meat's fine. I think we could do it way better than we're doing it. There's a whole ton of people that are doing it very good. I mean, Joel Salatin is a great example, but you know, he's one of many. If you go around honestly in Alberta, most of there's some there's some exceptions, but for the most part, like these cattle are roaming fucking hundreds of acres, you know, they're out where I, a lot of the areas I hunt in are like where free roaming cattle is just free ranging. Yeah. I mean, that's the way to go. Have you heard of mountain primal? No. In Arizona or in, uh, in the U S it's, it sounds a lot like the, like the more acceptable farming methods. Like it's just as free range as possible. And they're not just mistreated like that. So I do agree with that. Do you ever at all shop, at grocery stores for meat or do you just get your own shit like if you want chicken i trade meat for chicken with a local guy that raises chickens that's dope trade venison for pork with my sister who raises pigs in manitoba and then i do and then i fish and you got your own chickens for i have my own chickens for for eggs and i live in the city i have city chickens i'm not even allowed allowed to have them but it's been (laughs) over a year no one said anything I keep my neighbors flush with eggs. I was going to say, dude, just give your neighbors eggs. and They're not going to give yeah. a fuck. What about you, Graham? Are you do you get into any of that stuff? It seems like you're not as, as excited about like the hunting. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm sort of a hypocrite in that way. Like I still eat the I try and eat free range and organic from the store, but I'm still buying. I was on a carnivore diet for a few months. It was really actually I'm still pretty much on it. I've kind of included sort of white rice a little bit recently, but and I've been cheated into that I think. and I've cheated a little bit, but. <laughs> I've been, buying, I've been, I've been having Darren, like Darren's give me some meat and I've got my freezer full of some of his meat and then, but I buy, I buy it still, you know, I have a bit of a conflict and feel guilty about it. Like, like Brandon was asking, I do. Cause I fucking hate the factory farming too, but I eat, I've been eating a lot of meat in the last four or five months. And now there's a war on meat. It's getting super expensive. It's the worst time to be fucking carnivore ever. It is, dude, but it, it seems like it's mostly focused on beef. Like, uh, yeah, beef is- I know. no, the chicken here is fucking double now. Really? Is it? Who was, that today? who was I talking to today? I was talking to actually, you know who it was? It was a lady at the sausage store because I just shot a moose. And actually, my uh, my Indian brother is out in the garage right now doing the grind because I cut all the cuts out of it. The roasts and the steaks and all that is cut out already. And then we're doing uh, 
a shit ton of pepperoni sticks and beef jerky. It's moose jerky technically, but we're doing about 75 pounds of each. So he's out there right now grinding up a fucking storm. And that's what I, the reason I'm doing that is so that I can start taking that stuff for lunch so I can get off these fucking grains. That's the grains. Yeah. I need something that I can easily take to work. That doesn't need to be cooked or refrigerated that can blah, blah, blah. So she said the chicken. So she said the chickens are going up then. So I was there buying the sausage supplies today at the the place where I buy some of the spice mixes and stuff like that. A little local sausage shop in town. And she said, I went to buy chicken on the weekend with my daughter. I had to fucking put, we went to get chicken. We didn't get the chicken. She's like eight chicken breasts, $42. Yeah. I mean, I've got a few full freezer now that I've, I have no idea. I haven't bought meat. <clears throat> I bought a couple of steaks uh, a couple of months ago because I forgot to take something out of the freezer and we didn't feel like ordering out. So I was doing this, but I, I haven't even been to the grocery store in over a year. Do you guys, do you guys follow the ice age farmer at all? No, I've heard of him though, but like I, I don't follow him. I need to though, because I'm really interested in prepping. Yeah. But the way I do it, I have just a bunch of like uh, military uh, food ration type things where the you know the the horrible. Yeah, I'm sure that those poor animals that go through that shit are the most mistreated, right? Um, I, but I've been wanting to go out and and do some hunting with my dad. I grew up doing it. I know Brandon did too a lot. Um, but you know, it, just for some reason, um, I know I drifted away a lot from it. Brandon, I know you have too, right? Like you, you haven't, when's the last time you've been out hunting? Uh, f- five years ago. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, and, and I'd love to like, but the whole thing with, with me is I would have to buy a freezer, you know, and, and like all this other shit. So, um, but I mean, that, that's not really a good excuse to, to not get into that kind of stuff, but um, but yeah, dude, like Graham, when I was talking with you, you were saying that, uh, Darren had some interesting, uh, travel advice during the COVID COVID oh, sure. era. Yeah. We can get into that for sure too. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, what do we got? Cause I'm not really looking to travel cause I'm not getting vaccinated. I'm sure you know that Brandon is fully vaccinated oh, good. and he's proud good. of it. How are you feeling? Just fine. Uh, pr- pretentious as good. ever. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Thanks. <laughs> I'm guessing you're the atheist, aren't you? That's it. Yes. That's it. I'm glad that I carved out a spot in your mind. <laughs> Actually, well, mentioned how, it how did you feel? I just mentioned it before the show. That's the only reason I knew. For because sure, he was sure. like, remember, because I forgot we had come on the show before. And he's yeah. like, remember, one's an atheist and one's not. <laughs> hey, man, I, I'm I'm the not. And I'm I agnostic. Said, Ryan, I said you were more like me, Ryan. I think I think you're more of like a patriot like me kind of in some way. I don't know oh. how to identify you guys, but we had, a blast. we had a blast last time. So we're- I'm adding gods on a daily basis. Well, uh, you can identify me. My pronouns are they and them. So just as long as you refer to me in that way, you, you've identified me properly. But I, I do think um, that that I, I'm curious, like what your travel advice is, dude, with with uh, with what Darren was saying, because I'm, I'm excited to to see how to how can I get around as someone that is not vaccinated, not going to get the vaccine. Uh, well, the vaccine advice? has never come up yet. Yeah, sure. With international so travel, even. Yeah, so far it's just yeah, and well, actually, the last time I went to the states, they said it's never going to be a thing. Okay. Yeah, but now, so Darren was traveling because when, when the borders were closed, then it was supposed to be only essential travel. So yeah, so I just say I'm essential. That's all that you got to do is just say you're essential. I have a I have a letter that says I'm essential too, and I have a business card, and 
I even made a website just in case they want to check that too. So I'm the founder of Exo Energy. Okay. Yeah. I'm also a field consultant and I need to travel sometimes so I can raise people's energy. Um, <laughs> I don't say that. I just say I go to, I just go to check out sites for potential bids. And honestly, I just, here's the thing. Supposedly that now I'll caveat this by saying for anyone who owns a restaurant or a movie theater or a gym or an escape room, which are all out of business now, those motherfuckers. I the really escape like rooms the are escape fun. Rooms too, but I think that they probably just shut the doors and they'll come back, hopefully. Those people had a real rough go, for sure. And I don't know what it was like in Ontario and stuff like that. But here in Alberta, I've been doing whatever the fuck I've wanted for the last year and a half, and nothing has come up. I've traveled a little bit more than usual, even, you know, in the last like six months, I've traveled more than usual. I got to go on a couple trips. Uh, I've, I've had my mother come to visit from Manitoba more times in the last 12 or 16 months than she has in the last like four years combined. Oh, good, man. Sister and my niece have been out to visit more times than and, you know, at the, in the beginning, I remember when they all came out for Christmas. It was when they first announced everything. And I'm like, I had, we don't stitch on our na- snitch on our neighbor's signs in the window. And I'm like cleaning out the garage so that they can park the Manitoba plates in the garage. Now I don't give a fuck. They got the Manitoba plates parked out front. Nobody's saying anything. Once it became abundantly clear that all my neighbors were just continuing to do whatever they wanted. Then it was, you know. So the other thing is he's got access to travel over across the border as a native, right? So he, he can States. really like so it's more about it's more about the 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 papers are more about getting in or coming back. Well, both well, no, the US so anyone can fly to the States for any reason. Right. They won't stop you from flying. The only reason they stop you from driving is fucking numb nuts. Trudeau asked them to. Right. And they said that's fine, but we won't stop in you. Okay, so you can so you can go in, but then when so you so I come can back, drive in. You can drive in, okay. But I have to lie when I come back. But you have to lie when you come back. Yeah. But I honestly don't think I'd even have to lie when I come back. I just lie because it's easier. If they didn't accept yeah. my lie, I would just say, okay, fuck you, get out of my way. <clears throat> Interesting. And so I mean, fine this- for thirty five hundred dollars, and I would never pay it. I would fight it in court. The court case would probably never happen. Yeah. As of now, we've still yet to see a case prosecuted in Calgary. We've got the premier complaining about it. Nenshi just came out the other day and was all frustrated because the judges won't fucking uphold any of the tickets. And it's like, well, no kidding, dumbass. It's because the fucking judges know there's a bill of rights. And they know that they can't start giving their data for why they're locking down because they... No, I don't don't think the judges care about that. The judges got to where they are on a... You know, I, I don't... I don't think that, and I'm yeah, sure I'm province, wrong about the, this in some sense, but I, I think that the Canadian judges, for the most part, are, are honorable to a certain extent, especially when it comes to the Bill of Rights and things like that. And I don't think that, especially in Alberta, I don't think any of these judges will prosecute any of those tickets. And that's what we've seen, you know, over and over and over again. The, the AHS will go in and strong arm you. And the cops will come with them because they've got these weird injunctions and stuff like that. But so far, everything that's gone to court has been tossed out to the point now that the uh, the public officials are getting upset with the judges. I mean, you'd like to think the last line of defense. The judges are the last line of defense. If they start throwing people in jail, then 
we've got a whole new situation going on here. May, may I ask, is it is it in Canada? Is the is the judge the person who convicts? Because we have, we have here uh, attorneys general. Um, do, do you guys by chance know if it's because that's a that's a different way of thinking about the powers of the judicial. I don't. It's not quite a judicial branch in the same way that we think of it here in the states. But is the judge the person who will prosecute a crime like that on behalf? The of judge the state? has the power to just throw it out of court, uh-huh. and okay. that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. So as soon as every case comes before an Alberta judge, they're just like, no. Okay. The systems seem like they're like ninety nine percent the same in the United States and and in Canada. There's different names though, if I'm not mistaken. Like like I heard a while ago. Well, that, our like, senators are still appointed. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. So, like, what, like my, my example was that I heard um, that there was this idea that your vice president, um, whatever the equivalent is that, what is that, deputy prime minister? We don't really have one of those. I guess there probably is that, but I don't think the deputy prime minister has any. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, we don't so have there's... a setup where we really have a president. We just have a prime minister. Sure. Okay. Of, yeah. You know, like Trudeau can say a bunch of stuff, but he doesn't really have any any powers to the extent that like he can't do the shit like the executive orders and stuff like that. Well, who has the most? You, could you imagine if he could? We'd be in Canada. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. Who has the most power there then? Like, who's the, the single most powerful person in Canada? It's got to be Trudeau, right? Yes, let's Google it. Well, right now it's probably Teresa Tam. Is that her name? Well, yeah. that's the thing is right now we're in this weird situation where it would seem to be these health, the officials. health officials, but nobody's really listening. Yeah. <laughs> They've got the cops to their back to a certain extent, or maybe it's the military commanders. But then the standing military is 23,000 fucking people. Um, that includes all branches. So and, you know, some of those are deployed and some of them are fucking 60 so, I mean, who's I don't know who's got the power. This is why this is why I changed my tune on moving to the States, because it's mm-hmm. like, who the fuck's coming door to door to vaccinate? Ryan, I'm, I'm looking well, at, I mean, it was a DARPA funded program here. I'm looking at Teresa. Tam- yeah, that's uh, what I mean. You guys have you guys have a heavy, powerful state. I would not want to fuck with the state. Most of the world doesn't want to fuck with the U.S. state. Yeah, but my state's a fucking bitch. Right. Yeah. I'm at I mean, Teresa. I heard Hold this. On, I want to tell on. you real quick because that Teresa Tan that they mentioned, he's she's. I'm looking at her Wikipedia page, and she's a Canadian physician and public servant who currently serves as the chief public health officer of Canada, who is the second in command of the public yeah. health agency of Canada. So it's like, I mean, uh, uh, Fauci doesn't quite have this kind of position, but I think it, it's a it's a very direct correlation between them. Yeah. I think he does, though, because he's the highest paid government official in the United States besides the president. Um, So he may be more powerful than even Joe Biden. I mean, Joe Biden's this empty suit. Um, Kamala Harris seems to be more in power than he does. And then even Joe Biden, I saw there was these photos coming out that uh, Joe Biden was behind the Oval Office uh, desk. And, you know, kind of reading all of Joe Biden's documents, probably while he's taking a nap or shit in his pants or something. You know what I mean? So that's what's scary, dude. Like, and she's and in there with Fauci's wife approving vaccines for people, you know, they're probably scissoring so hard, dude. It's disgusting how these people are acting right now, man. It's it's insane. And my like, so what I was what I was going to get at was I heard this idea and I might have mentioned this last time that I spoke with you guys or we spoke with you guys here. But it was uh, this idea that the deputy prime minister had to tap into Canadian uh, citizen savings accounts 
to sort of bail in uh, the economy, right? So instead of bailing out, um, it was a bail in. So I don't know. I, I hope that that hasn't happened. I hadn't heard anything about that. Um, but I mean, a- anything else you guys got to say about this, I- I'd be interested in. But then I want to get into some of this ley line and the energy grid stuff, because this is like right up your guys's alley, dude. I'm excited to hear what you got to say. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think besides Tam working for China along with Fauci. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just I'm just kidding. There's probably not very little evidence. <laughs> of that, but if I was to speculate on something, I would speculate on that. I mean, I feel like they're the, the, the orders from our public officials are coming or our health officials are coming from on high somewhere. I think, I uh, think the, I don't think anyone in Canada really has any power. I think that's the, the moral of the story. That's a good point is, is that, you know, we've got uh, premiers bickering back and forth and with Trudeau and, you know, some police stations are like, yeah, OK, we're in. And other ones are like, nah, we're not into that. I mean, Quebec and Ontario seem pretty fucked up. Their police are like totally OK with just fucking people up and taking them to jail or charging them or whatever. They don't give a fuck. You know, I think now I know for sure that. The, so the thing is, Ontario's got its own police force. It's got the Ontario, the OPP, which police. they're very much like the United States police. They're scary as shit. They're like, hmm. they're like cops. Well, I think that's there. pretty generalizing to say that I no, mean, I mean, all of my interactions with U.S. police officers have been fantastic, even after we almost rear ended one high as fuck in Washington. <laughs> well, and you know what? Like BLM would tell you it's because you're the right color. And that's the I'm whole point. Is down. that? Well, that's the thing, dude. It doesn't matter because you're not black. That's the whole point that they're that they're get at right there. Right. And that that's what I find interesting is that we're seeing this extremely calculated divis like this division that it doesn't even make sense dude like you go down the street and you can run into all kinds of different people in the u.s uh but they seem to pick the worst cases and they promote those i know this is not news to anyone listening to either one of our shows um but there's even this recent one where a young black dude spray painted some uh you know an asian couple and it looked like it was in the same fucking spot that uh an old asian lady got knocked out by a black guy in, in the wow. same exact spot and their faces are blurred so i'm i'm always curious if these are crisis actors and i'm always wondering if uh if there's really as much hate as they say there is now we live in in tucson arizona it's a pretty pretty chill area um but i'm always curious like how the big cities are um so uh i mean i don't know with that being said though i i'd love to get into this uh ley line stuff with you guys um my my main thing with how the grid is set up like the the ley line grid they you know there's this classic debate of like round earth versus flat earth but when you look at how the ley lines are, it kind of looks like a giant crystal, right? When you get all these different shapes together. And I think it's like a dodecahedron and an icosahedron. And it forms like the primary shape of the ley lines. And then you get like the cube involved, the, the, the tetrahedron, all these other shapes. And it forms the others. Um, but I mean, what do you guys like your first thoughts about the ley lines? Cause I know you guys are, are fans of Easter Island that falls on one of the points. Um, yeah, it sounds like the platonic solids there are, are exactly the energy grids. I, I think it's fascinating that ancient mysteries now it's sort of where we've moved away from the kind of the alien, the ancient alien kind of thing. And now there's a whole bunch of researchers that are looking at how advanced we were back then and building all these megalithic structures 
before the before the end of the ice age, I think. And we're going to have a guy on uh, coming up soon who's 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 showing um, where Atlantis might have been by he's he's got a he's measured from uh, the Sphinx, I think, the Sphinx and Gobekli Tepe and and this uh, this old uh, place in the Azores, which he thinks that is the uh, shoal where Atlantis was. And I think it's, I think they're, I think we're finding there's more and more and more and more to figure out that these ancient megalithic sites were built in, in specific areas for specific reasons, like a, like a, like a latent energy system. And, and it might've been different there. The, geo, the, uh, the physiology of the, of the planet, right? Like the, you know, the carbon, the atmosphere, all that might've been different as well. So, I mean, who knows what was, you know, how these ancient stones that ring like, like bells or they have different uh, electromagnetic properties. I mean, how they transmitted energy. I mean, the pyramids, like, I think it was all based on like the subtle power energy from back. The vibrations that can happen just from, from hitting them. Like we, uh, you know, that uh, coral castle thing in Florida, how this dude moved all this stuff supposedly with levitation technology. I've been reading this book. I was going to show you guys. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. yeah. Gravity in the world grid. Yeah. Do you have this? Yeah. I don't know if we have that one. It's a good one. Yeah. It's fascinating. I would recommend it. I bought it at a used bookstore for seven bucks, but (laughs) I mean, they show like all these different points in this planetary grid system. And the first point, um, you know, they, they break it down to where it's like yin, which is hot. And then yang, which is cool. And then, uh, or I'm sorry, it's backwards. Yin is cool. Yang is hot. And then they have these balanced areas too. And the first point is in Cairo, it's in Egypt, where, um, you know, if you if you break it down, it that is the center of the land mass on the earth. So and, and it's also a balanced point. Um, so I found that really interesting. Oh, and then when you start breaking down the pyramids of Giza, it's so mathematically perfect. When you talk about like, there's the 365 degree component to it. There's so much there. Um, where it, it wasn't just some primitive people building this. There was obviously some serious, you know, thought and technology that went into it. But what do you guys uh, think about like the whole uh, pyramid uh, system and everything? Yeah, I think that's fascinating the way you said that, like the, if it's the center of the earth, right? Maybe that's grabbing that energy from, from all over the earth. I mean, Randall, yeah. does, Randall Carlson does a lot of work on the distances of the earth uh, incorporated into the pyramid and, I never really got the ley line thing. Remember, we were going to go check out that spot here. Yeah, we, we, have, do that we had a year. spot that was supposed to be close to us here, but yeah, we should do that. I was actually looking for that, and I found a thing that says, is Alberta the new Sedona? According to the Vortices listing from wow. the Becky Hagen planetary grid map, central Alberta is a major energy zone. Central Alberta? Where would that be then? What is that? Uh, that's at so that'd be north. Would that be? <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to let Brandon get in his ship, but like the point that you're talking about on this grid right here, it's point number eight, and this is in Alberta, and uh, it's 52.62 north. Uh, I'm sorry, it's 52.62 north, 112.8 uh, west. So, I mean, that's the the spot that you want to to go to, according to this little ley line map and it talks about like the uh the 12 vile vortexes like including the bermuda triangle and all that shit but uh i know brandon had some stuff to kind of like uh introduce this idea so i kind of wanted to hear what what uh what you had there dude 
Well, just just pointing out that the name of that website, I wanted to I wanted to do real quick because Sedona. Every time you go there, it's a it's a big tourist yeah. spot, and every single uh, you know tour that you take will talk about the fact that this has this area, Sedona, has long been known to be uh, rife with electromagnetic the dynamic energy. You know, so, uh, so that's some context to that to that article. How do you guys think of the feeling that you get when you enter a certain space? Uh, and you just feel creeped out. I mean, I've been to slaughterhouses, um, and they have a, th- a vibe of their own. Is uh, do you? I mean, do you guys ascribe some kind of something more specific than than the than the, the, vi- the vibration theory by chance? Uh, anything uh, in particular you guys think identifies that feel that that weirded out feeling you get when you enter those kinds of spaces? What do you, What do you mean by over and above the vibrational thing? Like. <clears throat> So I'm I'm being a little bit facetious there. If it has to do with the vibrations of everything and that everything is connected by uh, vibrations, an idea that I, I hear quite often uh, from 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 this community. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That you is would the, hear that you would hear that a lot. Yeah, is that? Is that I mean, is so what, what, well, what do you think? I mean, we all have this electronic spectrum, this aura. That's a real aura that comes from our heart, right? That's yeah, six heart, feet. Yeah. Yeah, circumference it's thing. Like real, it's measurable, right? Yeah. So if you're if you're if that's being interrupted or with something that's there from fucking things getting slaughtered and the emotional residue from that, I mean, yeah, you could pick up all kinds of stuff. I mean, I mean, I believe in all kinds of psychic energy and tele- telepathy and mediumship and all that. So I mean, I think people can people are more sensitive to it than others. I can't really pick up on it that much. Maybe sometimes. What do you think, Darren? Uh, it could be anything, man. It could be a smell you're subconsciously picking up on. It could be the pheromones of death still floating around in the air. I mean, there's all sorts of, I mean, just on a scientific level, there's a billion things going on that we can't comprehend in the subconscious. And yeah, I mean, sure. dude, I'll I mean, tell you, I, dude, I, I would had... say go with those things, go with your gut. Like I've had, I've had most things I've had moments where I've, I've been looking for UFOs and had massive shivers, like massive, like whole Mm -hmm. body, like shivering and shaking, like a feeling of complete, like bliss kind of like just, there's been times when I've had that. And I don't know what, what, what is that? Right. Is that just my body? Just like, it seems to happen in profound moments, but I've had those happen. I mean, I've had shockers in a Kundalini kind of thing that I never thought would ever, I'd ever be able to feel that. I mean, I felt it happen in my body during a vision quest. So something, there's an energetic system that we don't understand. Well, it's interesting when you're talking about like the shivers and all that kind of shit, like it's, it's, it's when, you know, like the idea of the aliens being interdimensional rather than like, you know, intergalactic or whatever, that makes more sense to me, especially, and we'll get into this later, like those, those 12, they call them like the 12 graveyards of the devil or the 12 vile vortexes. Um, and then all of these points, there was a lot of empires that were on these specific points. Obviously, a, a huge one was in Cairo and Egypt. And in a lot of these areas, they were sacrificing children or virgins. And it was the idea that these interdimensional beings wanted that energy in order to access our dimension by by traveling through these especially these vortexes and again the bermuda triangle is the one that we all really know the most about but there's again there's 12 of them there's one in the south pole and the north pole and then there's 10 throughout the equator um you know kind of fluctuating up and down um but 
you know, what I was going to say is like, you know, with this, with the surgery that I just did with the dog that I had, I smell that penny type smell. Like it smells like metal when you smell so much blood, you know, I don't know if you've ever had a real bad cut and it smells like pennies. Um, it's like that, that smell alone will make you think of death. You know what I mean? So what is that doing when you're in like what Brandon's saying, a slaughterhouse or, or somewhere where there's just so much death, your, your brain is picking up on that metallic smell, which is like, obviously it's gotta be the iron in our blood, but there may be something more to that rather than just the like scientific properties of what our bloods hold. Right. You know, you're, you're attributing it to a negative thing, man. I, every time I get that, that sense, I always think of going down on a girl on her period. That's just me. That's just me. But what about, well, that's disgusting, but that's fine. (laughs) Takes you right back there. Makes it hard. eh? (laughs) Oh, it's a pleasurable experience. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) Her name was Ruby. It definitely has a smell to it. I mean, these guys were just whining all the way home from the, oh, the whole, the whole truck the smell. smell like moose. They're like, it smells like, like no, moose. I'm like, like, that's not moose. Dude. It's not that's moose. Gore. That's gore. Like, it's just, you can smell that, you know, it's that's just... blood and guts soaked into your pants and stuff like that. It's insane. It, it, it really kind of makes you feel like we are all connected in some way, because it doesn't matter if you cut a moose open or you cut a human or a dog open. It smells the same, dude. It smells yeah. the fucking same. It, that shit brought me back to when we were gutting uh, mm-hmm. like elk and deer and things like that when I was younger. It smelled and I was it took me a minute to register that this dog, which is like my kid, basically, um, you know, smelling this way. And it, it, it triggered this emotion where I was like, what the fuck is that? Wow. And then I realized like, oh, that's death. That's blood. You know what I mean? So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's fine. yeah, we were just talking about it last Friday because we we're, you know, Darren's like, because it, it brought me back to when I was helping him skin some animals in his garage. And it, it's a very similar smell. But I think it's beyond the smell. I mean, I think that's why they they repurpose these old ancient sites like you were talking about. We did a show where they were talking about that one in Russia. There's this massive statue with this guy with a huge sword. It's like hundreds of feet high. And that was built upon something else. It was built upon something else. And it goes way back. And, and it was, it was very sacred, the original spot. So I do think there's an energetic reason why they build these things and on these, on these sites, which is, I think, similar to what you're saying with the, with the devil's, uh, the devil's gates or whatever. Yeah, it's the uh, the twelve devils graveyards, or they're also the twelve um, the vile vile vortexes. But yeah, there's five points in Russia um, that you can check on. This is a really interesting thing. I can take a picture and send it to you on Instagram, dude. It's a really kind of cool, and I'm sure that you've seen the the planetary grid system. But it's just fascinating when you think about all these points. One is on Easter Island. One's at Stonehenge. They follow, uh, or it seems like the people follow this grid. The the ancient people, especially. Um, but Brandon, break down the the uh, the sort of in- introductory stuff here, real quick. Yeah, so a little bit of a little bit of historical information. That's all that I'm I'm good for around here, as you guys know. So the idea that geographical locations of, of buildings and objects, the idea that those imbue those buildings and objects with some supernatural property, is like not a new one, as we've talked about already, right? We have this this concept of holy ground, after all, right? We have uh, haunted houses. Um, we have like cursed lands, all those kinds of things, sacred burial grounds. Um, well, these ideas all assume that the earth, right, the, the, the ground and its contents has something intrinsic in it, something intrinsic to it that either allows for the capture and transmission of supernatural energy or non-conventional energy, if you want to use those, those, those terms, 
or the creation of that supernatural energy or or both right now this is like as opposed to some other ideas in in magic and mysticism like uh statue stealing i don't know if you guys have heard that where this is where in ancient wartime these invading armies would often try to pillage the statues of their enemies as gods and deities uh, and then when those armies brought those statues back to their own kingdoms they could like legitimately claim that they were literally holding their enemies as gods as captives and that obviously did a lot to to weaken the morale of the enemy that they were fighting and and there the, the magic and mystique of the god or deity was reliant on the statue itself right it, it existed independently of the statues's like geography right so cultures all over the world have this idea of geographical energy in their magic and it's it's difficult to say where it originates from but in terms of the western world you can definitely point to one mythical figure in particular as like a major propagator of of this concept uh this dude's guys this dude's name, name is hermes trismegatus that's that's a that's a good one for you hermes <laughs> trismegatus uh, it's, he's this mystical sage of the Hellenistic era and a sort of, he's like a combination of the Greek God Hermes and the Egyptian God Thoth. Um, and by, by the, by the time the Hellenistic era had started right after Alexander the Great's, uh, death, the Egypt and Greece had been exchanging these religious ideas for over like 800 years at this point, And that allowed time for this melding of gods from different cultures like Hermes and Thoth. Uh, we also see that kind of phenomenon a, a whole bunch throughout history uh, with gods of different cultures being combined to make new gods, right? So this Hermes Trismegatus is credited with writing this collection of philosophical writings called the Corpus Hermeticum. Now, this is a collection. It's like a, it's like a treasure trove of ancient knowledge, really, and it's the founding document of Hermeticism. Uh, it's ancient knowledge from all across the Mediterranean, from like northern Africa, the Middle East, and it's actually available online. And if you guys read it, I, I hope you guys get a chance to. You can see just how much the people from this time, the Hellenistic era, thought of human existence as being reliant on the movement of like celestial bodies, right? Like uh, astrology or like the existence of places like paradise and the void or hell, as we might call it. Uh, and the reality of concepts like essences and spirits, right? These guys were fervent believers in all that stuff and really thought that it affected people's day to day lives. Well, when this book uh, was translated into Latin in the 15th century, it served as like a textbook for alchemists and other esotericists. Alchemy uh, in particular is known as the Hermetic art, by the way. So it's associated with the god Hermes. So some of these fledgling magicians played key roles in kicking off the Renaissance era and the Enlightenment. One of those practices, with the help of that book, uh, that they that they formalized was geomancy and geomancy is both this idea that the idea that I mentioned earlier, right? That, that geographical locations play some role in the supernatural. And it's also the idea that you can divine some wisdom from symbols on the ground and the arrangement of like rocks and stones. Uh, people who practice water dowsing with those rods. Have you guys seen that before? I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. 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 So they, they use that. They claim to at least, uh, and then another geomancing practice. So this is something that they use in, in geomancy too. It's like a set of two di uh, of two sets of four dice, right? That they'll spin and, and generate random numbers with. They've also got machines like 
this thing, this thing was found in like the 13th century from the Arab world. It's like a random pattern generating machine. So you just click some of these buttons and I'll give these images to you, Ryan, so you can put them on the IG, but you could just push these dials in different places and they'd give you different like configurations of symbols and then the geomancer uh, could, could, could interpret it. Um, this is also stuff that's just like casting of sand and lots, right? That we see that we see in the Bible too. Um, this there's this set of sixteen symbols here that are shit. I'll have to I'll have to show it to you guys later. There's also a very particular set of sixteen symbols that are like the most widely used by geomancers to interpret messages. So after the Enlightenment, one of the largest influencers in uh, esotericism and occultism during the 20th century was a secret society that I think you, I've heard you guys talk about before, the Golden Dawn. Right? Their, their, their full name uh, is the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. They got their name from that philosophy of Hermeticism that I mentioned earlier, and chief among their practices was that of geomancing. Right? They were top geomancers in the late 19th century. Now, this Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn was founded by three masons, these guys, Woodman, Westcott, and Mathers, in the mid uh, mid late nineteenth century, and that group that group that that has a list of confirmed or alleged members that include people like Bram Stoker, right, who who wrote the Dracula novel, uh, Charles Henry Good Allen Bennett, who who played a, a massive role in introducing Buddhism to the Western world. He's like one of the the key guys that they will point to who said brought this East and West uh, ideology together, kind of a globalization of religion, right? And, of course, on this list is Aleister Crowley, right, who belongs on every single occult list uh, sure. at, at, at least once. So, so guys... So Bram Stoker and Aleister Crowley worked together on this little... They, they were deal? in this hermetic order of the Golden Dawn. Oh, uh, okay, I And, and these, these guys really have given us a solid idea of what the occult and what esotericism looks like today, like their key... In, they're influencers before IG came along for the, for this kind of stuff, right? Interesting, dude. So how about, you guys, you were talking about uh, uh, ancient knowledge. People often, people, a lot of people, a lot of important people throughout history believed in this idea of geomancing. Uh, and, and I want to see how much the idea of ancient knowledge holds up to you guys. Can I ask, there's a, let's just say hypothetically, I've got two technologies that I'm going to give to you and say, hey, you can use this one or this one to get your energy source from whatever one of them only relies on ancient knowledge to some extent something you read in, the, in an old book maybe uh and then in in the other technology that i give you is something that western medicine western science has like full-heartedly uh you know said we're behind this this is the thing that works in that hypothetical situation when you can choose from one of those two technologies are you do you find yourself leaning towards, hey, what is really old and time tested, versus what is said they, to did, be effective based on the the modern day mainstream science view, based on a placebo? I mean, <laughs> they usually base all that on a on a placebo study, which is interesting in itself, because then uh, it brings you right back to the then it brings you right back to hermeticism, because. The, yeah. He talks yeah. about vibration and intention and all that. So I, I prefer, I, I prefer to go back and I think all that stuff you read was fantastic. It's, it's to me, I was, I was going to say, I feel like they had it right back then. I mean, I feel like we've lost a lot of that. I don't know what, yeah. what Darren would say about that. Can you unshare your screen? Brandon? Darren's got the golden Dawn book right uh, in the corner. 
right there. It's a pretty incredible tome. What do I, I think about? I got about ancient technology versus modern technology. Like, let's say something that seems to be proven by the scientific method nowadays versus something they've been using for thousands of years. Well, that'd have to be case by case, I suppose. Uh, I'd have to I'd have to line them both up and and see what's up. I mean, I'm kind of at the point now. With, I mean, medicine's a good example because I think the medicine and and some other stuff are are you know possibly miles apart. Like, would I rather have my laptop over a carrier pigeon or something like that? A hundred percent. But I mean, like I often say to my girlfriend or to my kids, it's like if I get hit by a car or fall off of a fucking ladder or shoot myself in the foot, I'm going to go to the hospital. Take me to the hospital. Take me to the emergency room, because when it comes to emergency care and putting me back together, I, 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 I want that. I really do. When it comes to any uh, anything else. I'm taking a real long, hard look at the old natural way. And I mean, I can do that because of a few examples. I mean, my ex-wife for, for over 20 years was in the conventional medical system, trying to figure out what was going on with her uh, migraines. They said it was migraines, 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 migraines. We can't do anything about it. So whenever you get one, we're just going to take you to the hospital and put you on morphine for a couple of days. And then give you some drugs. After and then problem. give you some drugs. And or yeah. we maybe try these antidepressants with those in for 21 years. And uh, it was actually a fellow we had on the show, a naturopath out of Georgia a few years back, John Brisson, <clears throat> who was able to, within a couple of Zoom sessions was able to diagnose her with this rare condition of uh, cyclical vomiting syndrome, which uh, then when she took that to the doctor and said it, and he looked up some stuff and he's like, oh yeah, shit, this has to be it. Wow. And, uh, so then, you know, John gave her a protocol. And since then, I think she went from going, having, I mean, we're not together anymore. So it's, I don't know all the intimate details anymore, but we do still raise kids together. So um, I think she went from going from having like maybe five to 10 attacks a year to now maybe like one in three years since she's been on her naturopathic thing, which changes, you know, diet and how much water we're drinking and, you know, what we're having for breakfast, different things like that. And I mean, it's, that's where it's like Western medicine isn't interested in that. My doctor doesn't give a fuck what I'm eating, what I'm going through in my life right now. It's just like, Oh, you have that. Okay. Here's this. And I mean, it's the same thing where I've had a bad shoulder and I've had allergies. And I mean, my shoulder is messed up to the point that I was going and getting like the heart stuff checked out because when my shoulder gets really worked up, it starts coming into, it feels like it's in my chest someplace. So That's I went your left uh, arm. Yeah. I, so yeah. So you go worry about that. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I went in and got my heart scanned and I got my lungs x-rayed and that stuff's all fine. And, you know, sure enough, it's this, shoulder thing right and he's like well i don't know it's got to be some damage you know we can put you on some pills or we can maybe try doing some surgery we can open you up and see what's kind of going on in there and then the same sort of thing if i watch my diet 
then it just doesn't happen. If I, if I stay off of dairy and grains, my shoulder will be fine. See that, that was one thing that I, that was one of the first like food conspiracies that I kind of realized was we shouldn't as human beings, we should not be drinking cow milk. You know what I mean? Like we should, we really shouldn't. And I know everyone I loves cheese. That far. I think like, I don't know what we should or shouldn't be doing, but I think that it's, it's widely varies by person and culture. I mean, I think to think that an Indian from Canada can be eating the same diet as someone um, living in say the Philippines or you China. Know, yeah. Or China. It's just or even Northern Europe. I, think, I mean, there's different ways. I think we- that's a big problem that no one takes into account these days, you know, and even with the allergies and stuff like that, everyone's quick goes the vaccine is this, is that well, how about the fact that we're eating food from all over the fucking planet? That was not an option even a hundred years ago. I mean, a hundred years ago, we're at the very beginning of you're able to get some tea from China and stuff like that, but you're not getting like, you know, you're getting, we're getting foods. We did that show with member Dr. AI, Suzanne yeah. Crocker. Oh, oh, Suzanne Crocker. Yeah. That went on. So, so she was on a bunch of different medications and she's tried all these different things for them. And they live up in the Yukon and they tried for a year. Okay. We're just going to eat what local, if it eat can't be grown here or harvested sure. here, we won't eat it. And after a year, she was off all of her medications. Well, it's like, yeah, like getting honey from from uh, random areas versus like local honey that's going to make uh, make a big difference on like your uh, allergies and you know your your uh you know seasonal allergies and things like that and to your point Darren like it's something crazy like 90% of chinese people are uh lactose intolerant you know what i mean and that's why you don't see any cheese in in chinese food you know what i mean so you know, as much as, you know, the, the media tries to make it seem like everyone needs to be doing the same shit and everyone needs to be on a soy diet and all this other bullshit. Um, there's different, different people that make up different genetics that need to follow different diets. And I always like throwing this in wherever I can. David Rockefeller made our current medical system uh, based off of like petroleum based chemicals. So, you know, he took all these chemicals that were uh, or all of these natural occurring properties in nature, oregano, all the herbs and all that shit that were like traditionally good for you for like thousands of years. And he made that quackery with all of his wealth. Right. And then you start putting in like uh, cancer causing medication and you're making money three ways. You're making money off the oil. You're making money off the treatment and you're making money off of the disease. So, I mean, it's a very interesting dynamic that, that you have there. Um, but I don't know how we got here. I, I find that, uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting, though, because health is, is constantly something that we have to question when we have these very, very uh, diabolical figures, it seems like, like Fauci and all these people that are just trying to make their fucking money. And it's uh, it's scary when when we're just kind of sitting here and we're trusting the science and we're doing all this stuff just to, um, you know, try to fit in. It seems like it seems like health has become a, a fashionable thing, which is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's, let's tie, to- tie, tie it back to the, the geography bit, though, to say, like, are we saying that if the Earth holds certain powers in certain spots that we are a healthier person by living within a certain square footage of the, I have, pyramids, so don't I haven't got 
that far yet, but there seems to be something to it. So I guess the test of that would be, I don't know, but it seems like, and it's, it's a weird thing to even start to talk about because it starts to border on people calling you fucking racist because no, now we're well, gonna, then you're starting to get into this weird thing because the example that I always like to use because I'm an idiot and I can get away with it, but I could use other <laughs> like there seems to be a thing that when if, if people immigrate here from Latin countries, they seem to go through a phase where they have a lot of acne and stuff like that while they're adjusting to our, I don't know what it is, our high grease system or mm-hmm. but we're eating a different diet than that. So I'll point to my Inuit brothers and sisters up in the up in the Arctic who are who are surviving on a diet of, you know, mostly fat and protein almost completely. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot of fruit flying around up there. There's no real vegetable. And I mean, even my people here where I am ancestrally, I mean, you're getting a bit of fruits. You're getting some blueberries and some cranberries and stuff like that in the late summer and early fall. And maybe you're getting some sage that you're drying out and stuff like that. But for the most part, you're eating meat and fat, a lot of meat and fat. And um, the further north you go, the more that is, the more meat and fat it is. So it's like, what happens if an Inuit just starts eating apples and oranges every single day for breakfast? What does that what does that fructose now do to their system that they haven't seen in maybe fucking 30 generations? So let's take that the other way. What happens if someone in Florida starts eating fucking seal fat on a daily basis and doesn't eat, you know, I I don't know how it works, but there seems to be vast differences in diets. And if me or you were to try that, we might not have so much luck. Like me personally, if I go to, if I ate Mexican food all day and I don't mean like fucking shitty restaurant calls it Mexican food. I mean, like Mexican food is super high carb. It's a very high carb diet. If I eat that Taco Bell is the best fast be food chain. High, I used to be a super carb guy, right? Like I used to eat spaghetti all the time, you know, a couple nights a week or spaghetti, but it's very, I come from a time when that's all I ate. And if you had looked at a picture of me like eight years ago, I've got an extra layer of hair on my cheeks and I've got just a layer of sort of flab on me when yeah, I you're saving for the winter, when I go to the bathroom, it's a different experience than now. And <laughs> And like I say, now, as I've cleaned up my diet, I notice that if I'm on the wheat and dairy, my shoulder pain's coming back. Maybe there's more of a chance my back's going to be bugging me compared to where I stay off it and don't do any other lifestyle changes. And I don't have those issues. So now I can see that if I'm on carbs all the time, I'm not noticing that because it's everywhere all the time. So, I mean, that to me is just a a couple examples of now, I don't know if that's a cultural thing. So that's where it gets weird. Is that, you know, because I'm an Indian and that's how my people have been eating for a while. Or if I move to Mexico or someplace like that, does that diet suddenly start to suit me more, which I guess is remains to be seen. I would say the jury's still out on whether that's, uh, whether that's nature or nurture, I guess. There's this interesting idea too. those countries like Mexico that have that hard high carb diet or Latin countries that have that high carb diet, Italy that has a high high carb diet. They have like national nap times. You know what I mean? Like they they literally take naps in the middle of the day and shit like that. Um, So, you know, when you when you pig out on food like that and you get really full, um, your workforce wants to take a nap at that point. Right. (laughs) So and and that's kind of interesting. Uh, What what were you going to say? 
I think Brand. I I don't know if it's outside of of Spain where it's called the siesta, right? Is it actually <laughs> is it actually happening in Italy? Yeah, they do it in Italy and they do it in Mexico too. Huh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. I thought it was because of the hot weather myself, but yeah, there's there's the opposite. We know that's for sure, we for sure know that the opposite is true, right? We have in health this idea of blue zones, and I don't know how they line up with the ley lines, to be honest, Ryan. But blue zones, one in particular, circles around the Mediterranean, where they're talking about those high healthy fats and and lots of fish. The the fact that we come from, I mean, I think we come from water, you know, and and we're still made up of a whole bunch of water. It makes a lot of just kind of common sense, commonsensical sense to me that, uh, that we got to eat some fish, right? That that is a, that's a healthy, healthy place to start. And, uh, and I think in there is also a, another discussion, which I want to get back to ley lines. I, I do, I do. But with fish yeah, in particular, too. the, the brains apparently are, are tantamount to like lobsters or bugs where they might not be feeling pain in the same way as, as we, as we, uh, you know, think of it or, or, or imagine that we're inflicting upon some animal and that might allow for some of that, uh, some uh, less of that negative uh, emotional energy that we were talking about earlier to occur, you know? Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I had a, a Korean healer, uh, healed my dad for a while and he was, we were trying, he was trying to get us to fat, uh, to, uh, to go, ve- uh, vegetarian or pescetarian basically, because he, he said that the, ele- the, the level of consciousness of the fish, is not there yet. Like they're fine to eat just what you were saying in a way. And it could have something to do with, you know, pain too, as well, but red meat and chicken and all that is, is out, but you can have fish and all the, all the vegetables and everything. Hmm. Um, but I think that the sun makes a big difference too, where, where, I mean, and this could tap, maybe this gets into the ley line and the geomancy and the ge- geographic graphical impact on it is look at where we are right now. We have like four hours of night right now for a couple months. And wow. if, if you're up north even further, like you don't even get the proper dark. And then if you're at the equator, you get this nice, even, you know, you can sleep from seven to seven or seven to what, you know, whatever. And you, and you're, you're following the circadian rhythms and the, and the rhythm of the sun. I mean, that makes a big difference too. Yeah. And that's probably why traditionally, like, you know, throughout time, and I, I may be not correct on this, but it seems like those areas farther north like when you when you drift away from the equator there wasn't as much of a dense population right like in ancient times when there wasn't technology to keep people yeah, warm like why or, would you or, want to yeah why would why wouldn't everybody gravitate toward that comfortable atmosphere you know? yeah where you get 12 hours of light 12 hours of dark at least you know on on december 21st the, the winter solstice mm-hmm. um you know well, and because, I, I, you, I mean the people up here were following the herds you know, so you'd, you'd head south to the point where it was somewhat livable. But I mean, the thing is, when you head down to the equator, if you drop the fish off, there starts to be not a lot to eat. I mean, sure. there's fruits and stuff like oh, that, that's, but it's that's hot as fuck. Yeah, there's not but a lot if you're of, not fishing, not... good luck finding. Whereas here, you know, it's like a supermarket. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that I was thinking that's, about, I mean, too. The reason to, to bring that back to what we talked about in the beginning that's why I'm allowed to travel over the border with my status card because my people are historically nomadic following the herds over that imaginary <laughs> line. Like we weren't staying up here in Alberta when it's minus 40. Oh, we, were, we were down in fucking Utah. Oh, and then you go up and you come up to hunt a little bit or whatever, maybe. And you follow the herds. The herds were are heading south for the winter too. The antelope are heading south. At that time it was the buffalo who are all heading south. Yeah. 
Good point, dude. I mean, like, well, I, I don't know how how I can capitalize on that, but that's very interesting because uh, but well, what I was going to get into, too, was that um, it doesn't seem like we should be eating, you know, fruits and vegetables that are out of season uh, in our areas. So, you know, just to and then I do want to tie it back to the ley lines because I someone mentioned Freemasons a, a bit ago, but I don't know if you guys have heard of the Pythagorean Brotherhood. Have you guys heard of that? Because that is, it no. seems like that is the foundation of the Freemasons. This was, this is an ancient secret society, the Pythagorean Brotherhood. And uh, the Freemasons, from what I understand, started in 1717. Um, so this kind of, um, you know, the Pythagorean Brotherhood was like the godfather secret society when it comes to geometric studies and this is what the Freemasons are all about, too, is geometric studies. A lot of people think that they started in Egypt and all that shit, um, but it was likely more, uh, it was probably called the Pythagorean Brotherhood or some branch of that. And it was just all about these shapes. The What did you call them? Uh, the platonic, the plat well, the platonic solids come from Plato, but Pythagor well, the Pythagoras has the, you know, the Pythagorean the Py the Pythagorean theory and all that. And that's where mathematics. So Plato and Pythagoras, like it's interesting, these secret societies, did they want to covet this information for themselves back then? I mean, I really feel like all these societies kind of came from these lineages of the mystery schools and, and the Pythagorean brotherhood and the brothers of the serpent or what all these yeah. go back to the hermet hermeticism and, and be before that. And I think they, they kept a lot of the sacred knowledge in secret and the profane weren't really, they couldn't read, they couldn't understand all this stuff. And like, and until now, or this is just open to the whole world. I think that's why it's so interesting when Brandon's reading back about all this stuff and it's hard for us in this materialistic society to realize that shapes have powers and, and symbols have power and meaning and it's it there's subtle energies and there's the the ley lines and yeah. and all this stuff is connected i mean but they've known that all along through these secret societies and they well, and I think dude, it. that's what i was gonna say is because the the platonic solids they didn't come from plato because that was the timaeus right that you're referring to where he he references these platonic solids and there's there's this um the oldest evidence, and I, I don't know if I mentioned this already, but the oldest evidence of these platonic solids is in uh, Oxford University. And it takes a, the, the tetrahedron, the dodecahedron, all these five shapes. And um, these uh, scientists, they, they, you know, on the more liberal side, they consider them to be 20,000 BCE. Wow. And on the more, yeah. And on the more conservative side, they're 12,000 BCE. Wow. Is they got these shapes, dude. And I'll show you these real quick. I know this isn't, you know, our listeners aren't going to be able to see these, but they found these rock shapes that were broken down into, into the, you know, the oh, dodecahedrons, the icosahedrons and all these things where um, they were rocks that were perfectly cut and they uh, were strapped with leather thongs. And wow. they look like this. I don't know if you can if you can see those. Yeah, there. yeah, 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 yeah. We talked. Yeah, one of our guests talked about those uh, 
a while back. Uh, was that Ben? Long. Yeah, it might have been Ben. Or, no, I, I don't think it was Ben, but uh, fascinating, fascinating, you know? Yeah, 20,000 BCs. And so when you talk about Plato, that was like 350 BC, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, I'm really bad with dates. But you get this idea where the the uh, tetrahedron, is, it represents fire. And then you get air represented by the octahedron. Water is represented by the acosahedron. Um, and then there's this mystery one, which is the dodecahedron. And then earth is represented by the cube. But these scientists and these like uh, geologists and all these people that like went through and tried to like figure shit out, they ended up deciding that the dodecahedron, according to the Timaeus, written by Plato, and, and, you know, he's mentioning Socrates and all this other shit. The dodecahedron represents the universe and it represents God. So this 12 sided shape is that that no one could figure out. You know, they obviously they use those four elements uh, to represent all those other shapes. And this dodecahedron um, was was represented uh, representative of God. And, and that's very yeah. interesting to me. And the, so. and the shape on each of the 12 sides is a pentagon, I believe. It's very, very fascinating. It's that, that's a, a, a it, yeah. other sacred shape. I mean, we've had guests on, dude, that have had crazy shit happen with the, with, yeah. Is that the moon in the middle? Uh, no, no. So what that is, that's all the shapes put together. So yeah. when you get, that's why you get the crystal formation of the earth. And this is why, like, when I was doing this research, when I was thinking about, like, the flat earth versus the round earth debate, it kind of makes more sense that the earth is neither. It's neither flat nor round it's a crystal shape type situation where you get again these four thousand plus points uh the exact number of points when you combine all those shapes is four thousand eight hundred and sixty two and you get one hundred and twenty one great circles yeah and and it, you get all these different sides and this is where those uh twelve uh vile vortexes fit in and then uh you know all of the the planetary grid uh points Again, the first one starting in Cairo in Egypt, where, um, you know, we take a lot of our culture from today, you know, especially in pop culture, we get a lot of that information, like a lot of the shit that we want to push out, uh, especially again with pop culture. Um, you know, it's very interesting, dudes. Um, but yeah, no, I'll, I'll send you guys this stuff. What you get in the beginning when you combine the dodecahedron and the icosahedron with Brandon, what was the icosahedron? That was a 20 sided shape, yeah, I think it's 20, yeah. Okay, and then you get the dodecahedron. You get this this shape with the most basic uh, grid grid inside of it, yeah. and then you start getting more and more ley lines when you add in that tetrahedron, all those other uh, remaining three um, platonic rocks and platonic That's solids. Awesome. Yeah, I've been doing this dode dodecahedron meditation. I've got a couple of crystals that are that shape. Dope. And uh, I mean, some of our guests have had crazy experiences with fo focusing on with that shape, with intention and that shape on things. I mean, and and a lot of these guys like Nassim Harriman and all that, they they say that uh, you know the the shape of the the fuzz of the ether, all that stuff is is based on these sacred. Well, there's dimensions. there's twelve. I mean, twelve we see over and over again in, in with mankind, right? I mean, like you get the 12 zodiac signs you get uh the 12 uh regions of the brain um you get uh you know obviously the most obvious is the clock yeah. um but then you disciples. square root you know you take 12 times 12 you get 144,000 that's what the jehovah's witnesses believe 
are those people are going to heaven. 144,000 people throughout time are going to heaven. Um, so, I mean, 12 is a very significant number. So, I mean, like what, what kind of stuff are you getting from, from that kind of meditation with the, uh, dodecahedrons? Just, I'm just focusing at on a, uh, sort of a, on a manifestation meditation type thing, almost u- trying to use it as a, a tool to, uh, expand, uh, intention. Interesting. So you're just really like putting a lot of thought and focus into, yeah. into what you want or what you yeah. need out of life. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I got to look into that, dude. Yeah. It's fucking, I just, it's, uh, it's fascinating. And that, that's like, I play Dungeons and Dragons too. The five, those are the five dice we use in the platonic solids, right? The oxyhedron is always being used. It's, it's just. Dope. Look into something fun. Look into the moon. What do you think the moon is? I think, <laughs> what do I think the moon is? <laughs> Yeah, just like real quick. I know it's I know it's an easy I mean we can go as long as you guys want, but I points to one of two things. Either the moon was created by people on Earth and put in place. You guys, it was awesome to have Grimerica back on after almost a year since they've been on our show. Uh, one of the first guys to give us a boost. Uh, the rest of our conversation with them, which talks a little bit more specifically about ley lines and such, uh, is only available on Patreon. Right, That's patreon.com slash dangerousworldpodcast. You guys go there, drop just like $3 at least, and you'll get access to all the full-length episodes and a whole bunch of extra, extra stuff that we got going on over there. See you guys there.